This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 96. We are throwing it back to an oldie but a goodie. Today we are rebroadcasting our episode with Desiree Fortin. You may follow the perfect mom over on Instagram. That's her. That's our girl. She shared with us about her journey of living with her parents as they were parenting her triplets. We dove into like, how do you navigate conversations with your parents or your in-laws about parenting when nobody is coming to the table with like, oh, I a thousand percent know exactly how to do this. But everyone has a certain approach or certain ways that they want to do things. And how do we navigate this together? How do we talk to generations that have already navigated parenthood and might have their own opinions about how this should go down? What do you do when you have a conflict about different ways to respond to your tiny humans? Desiree shared how she and her partner have navigated this, and I love chatting with her because not only have they done this in everyday life with folks like her in-laws who are in her village, but also having lived with her parents through infancy and toddlerhood and then into the preschool years, they recently got a new house and, and moved out, but had been living with her parents for years whilst parenting her own children, and... I, I absolutely love this conversation. I'm excited to share it with you. And I think it's really important as we're heading into the holiday season to have these things on your mind about how if, if you are just hoping that you're going to show up and know what you want to do and know how to handle this, babe, it's going to be real tough. But if you can prep yourself with uh, some ways that you want to navigate these conversations and how to really enter it from a place of empathy and compassion. I hope that this episode gives you some tools to enter into this holiday season with family and navigate these often tough conversations. Before we dive in, guys, on Monday, December 2nd, we are launching tickets to our next Mama's Getaway Weekend. Y'all, we are heading to San Diego 
the last weekend of April, April 25th and 26th for Mama's Getaway Weekend, where we dive into your past experiences, who you are as a mom. We talk about things like anxiety and guilt and what you're showing up to the table with, how you were parented. Then we chat about those tiny humans and their big emotions and how to build emotional intelligence. How do we set boundaries? What does that look like at different ages and stages? How are we responding in the moment and setting up systems to help them thrive? We discuss co-parenting, what it looks like to share this journey with somebody else who is coming to the table with different experiences and how do you navigate conflict around different approaches. And then lastly, you leave with a tangible concrete plan that you can implement for your family unit. We create this plan together so that when you go home, you're not just jazzed from the weekend, but you have actual tools that you're ready to put into place to change your life. This is my favorite weekend of the whole year, and I'm so, so, so excited to launch these tickets. We are nailing down the final details so that we can come in hot on Monday, December 2nd. Stay tuned for those tickets to launch. I can't wait to hug you in real life. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. Today, I am here with a triplet mama who I have been following on Instagram for a little while now. And I got a request for an episode on parenting with grandparents or other family members in your village. And she is the first person that I thought to turn to. She is quite the scenario. So Desiree, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, I would love to. Um, Yes, as Alyssa mentioned, I um, have three-year-old triplets. Um, My name is Desiree. My husband's name is Ryan. And actually, we're both twins. And we have our triplets. And um, we, um, when we found out we were pregnant with triplets, we moved in with my parents about two months before they were born. So we've actually been living here for um, about, about three and a half years now, <laughs> which feels a little crazy, but, um, yeah, we, um, we lived in like a tiny beach condo and I was like, not really sure how we were going to make it work, but I was just like, we'll figure it out. And then my husband was like, Hey, like, what do you think about living with your parents? And I was like, I don't know, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. And then I don't know, like the stars aligned and it felt like it was something we needed to do because I didn't know how it was going to work otherwise. And it, thank God we did because it was definitely something we needed, um, in, in many different, for many different reasons. Um, but we moved in with them. Yeah. About two months before the babies came. And during that time I was um, put on bed rest as soon as you put were moved in with my parents, because I was very pregnant and I, I went into like a little bit of preterm labor. And so I was put on strict bed rest and Ryan was working 
all summer, um, he took a teaching job over the summer. So my mom, God bless her heart, she literally put her, she was going back to school for to become a teacher. And she put that on hold to take care of me because I needed someone to be home with me all the time. And so, um, so she like cared for me like day in and day out. And um, I mean, helped me take showers and go to the bathroom because, you know, I couldn't get up on my own because there was so much baby. In that <laughs> so much baby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just so much. I mean, like, and they, you know, in the triplets, they finally, they came, um, they were born at 34 weeks, one day. So they were very, for triplets, like pretty healthy. They're about five pounds each. And, um, my parents just, I mean, God bless them because they, sacrifice so much you know like when we first initially asking my parents like hey like how do you feel like about bringing us in like would you be willing to let Ryan and I and these three newborn babies that are not born yet like come in and move in with you and live with you and you know they they really didn't hesitate and it wasn't much thought and my dad um I mean he just was like I really feel like this is an opportunity for me to be there for you and my grandkids the way I wasn't there for you and so I like just was really I mean really moved and really touched and um and I've seen that I've seen God like use um our journey to uh see see him grow in that area too you know so it's been really really neat and um when the babies were born, they all had like, they had GERD, which is like severe reflux. And Ryan and I, that was a, that was quite a struggle for Ryan. <laughs> Just, I mean, when you become a, a new mom, I don't know. I had no clue. What I, I still don't know what I'm doing, but I had no clue what I was doing. And I didn't know what was wrong, why they were crying all the time, why they were spitting up so much. Why was everything so hard? And finally, they were all three of them diagnosed with GERD. So they needed individual attention, individual feedings. And it was really, really hard. And my parents um, decided to start helping us with feedings. And so my mom would um, feed with Ryan at like the 12 a.m. feeding. And my dad would feed with me at the 3 a.m. feeding. And they did this every night for months. And That's amazing. It, 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 it truly is because it was like, I mean, we figure out how to make it work, you know, but like the older you get, it's, I mean, it was hard on them to be up in the middle of the night, like feeding babies. But my, I mean, feeding with my dad, it was like, it was bonding time for him and for us, but he just like treasured that 3am like hmm. feeding. And I was like ready for the 3am feeding to go. And he was like, it's over. Like, don't you think we should still? And I'm like, nope, we can't do it anymore. But like just seeing them like, I mean, they sacrificed like their sleep and their time and they, they were really there for us when we needed, needed help. You know, we needed extra hands because I honestly, I don't know what, what we would have done because it was truly such a hard season. And I was going through postpartum, um, depression and anxiety and, um, and I already felt so alone in that. And, um, and I'm so thankful because they just like rose to the occasion and were there for us and helped in every way that they could, you know, and, um, I don't know. I think that this, I mean, we've been here obviously now for three and a half years. And so you have your fair share of struggles and, and, um, you know, wonderful moments too, but, um, we have made it work. You know, we've had to have hard, honest conversations. And, um, I think that like, is probably the most important thing is communication. And, um, I feel like, uh, I feel like we're pretty good communicators, but I always know when we're not communicating well, because you can feel the tension with each mm -hmm. other, like, okay, what's wrong? Like, 
why is this off? Like clearly there's something bothering you or something bothering me and I haven't expressed that. And that's what the, that's why it's important is because if you're not sharing honestly with each other about any, it could be anything. It could be about taking the trash out or <laughs> it could be um, needing help around the house or feeling appreciated or anything, parenting styles, all those things. If you're not yeah. talking about those things, it's only going to lead to more conflict. And um, <clears throat> fortunately we haven't had a, a too many issues like that, but we've had our fair share where we've learned from them the importance of just having those conversations, you know? Yeah, for sure. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So what I think it's awesome that you're so mindful of the gratitude piece and how much they've given you and how having them in your village has completely changed the way you get to parent. Yeah. But also, (laughs) how did you develop your own parenting style and kind of the freedom to do that when they're right there? Yes. So I think that's a great question. You know, um, I feel very fortunate because I feel like uh, my mom and I have similar parenting styles. Um, however, the fact that there's like three of them, three toddlers, uh, there are just some things that, you know, that there, there are different, you know, that are different. Um, I think that, uh, for example, um, like if we're all together in a room, right. And, um, one of the things that we have been doing lately is, you know, uh, my, I have two boys and a girl and my boys are probably our harder ones. They're very active, very outgoing, very vocal. And, um, one of the things we've just started doing is just to like, when they are, um, 
you know, like in the midst of like a tantrum or like having a fit, we have been trying to just, you know, say, I, I hear you. I understand why you're upset when you're ready to talk to me, you know, we can talk about it. And sometimes we have to like, uh, show like, this is how we want to respond. This is how we're going to respond. Um, and I've also had to like step in and say, you know, mom or dad, let them work it out on their own. You just, just ignore them. Like they're in a moment. And I know that what you have to say and what I have to say isn't going to help. Like it, it usually never helps, you know, and they need that they themselves and often like us too need to come back down. Like they need to get out of their tantrum mode to be able to actually hear you, you know? And so, um, I think that for me, like I'm very, very close to my mom, especially. And it's, it's natural and easy for me to have those conversations with her and, and say like, Hey, this is what we want to do, or this is how we want to do this. And, um, and they've been, been respectful. There have been times, um, where I've had to like repeat myself a couple of times, like, we don't want to do it like that. That's not how we're going to raise them or whatever. And, um, you know, and I think that that's the important thing for like anyone out there, um, who's in the, in a similar place, like, you need to set the boundary and sometimes setting the boundary means you have to do it over and over and over and over again. If you don't do it, the boundary will never be there and you'll be constantly feeling frustrated and overwhelmed and like just exhausted by your situation, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and sometimes they're not going to like the boundary all the time. Like that's just, that's just how it is, you know, but if you don't set the boundary, um, or at least make a stance to, what you want, what your desires are, how you want to parent or, or live or whatever that looks like, then um, it's going to be much harder, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think for a lot of us, it's hard to have that uncomfortable conversation of, you know, of like, this is how I want to do it. Even though you did it differently, mom or dad or whomever, we're going to do it this way. And so many of us are just like, we aren't positive that we're doing it the way that we should be doing right. it or whatever. And so it's hard to like come at it with confidence when you're not confident that this is how we're going to always want to do it. Right. Yes. And so I think that that can be tough to kind of navigate as well. One, uh, one of our listeners asked, she gave like an anecdote that I'd like to throw at you. Oh yeah. You said, sometimes my mom forgets that she is the grandma and not the mom in this one. I'd love some insight on navigating this relationship. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I think that even approaching, like I, 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 I personally think there probably needs to be a conversation. Like you need to sit down and have a loving conversation. And I think that whenever you have these kind of conversations, as long as you approach them with like love and positivity, you're able to express yourself and hopefully they're able to hear you. So I would probably sit down and, and say, mom, I love you. And I think you're an amazing mom and I appreciate how you've been there for me and my babies. Um, but there's some things that I really want to do different, um, when raising them. And I, and I know that I'm a first time mom and I may not have a note, no, I may not have a clue what I'm doing and it may not even work, but this is how I want to try doing it. And I would love to have your support and for you to just respect my decisions and help me in, in help me through this, help me, uh, help me raise them the way that I want to raise them. And, um, and hopefully they'll be receiving of that. I think that, um, like I was just saying, like, sometimes you're going to have to say those things constantly or over and over again in order to be heard, you know? And so, um, 
you know, so yeah, she, she might, you know, your mom may feel like, or think she may be acting like she's the mom. Um, but I think that, I think that most for most of the time, like on their part, they really are coming from like a loving and genuine place where they really just want, they really just want to help. They really just want to be there for you. But sometimes it's like overstepping the boundary where you're just like, hold on. Like I am the mom. I know that you've done this before, however many times, but I'm the mom and I want to figure it out on my own. And I think that it's okay for us to say that, like, we want to figure out, figure it out on our own. We want to figure out what works and what doesn't. And even, even saying like, um, like, I know I've said this to my mom before, like, cause we, I, I feel like we've probably gotten in struggles, um, before where she's, my mom has expressed like, you know, like, I don't want, I don't want you to feel like I'm telling you what to do. I don't want to like, just get in your way too much and stuff like that. And I'm like, mom, I'm open to hearing your advice and your opinions and your thoughts when I ask for them. Like I will come to you and I will say, mom, I don't know what to do with this behavior. I need your help. Like, and I think sometimes for me and my mom, like being able to like spell it out and literally say, if I want your help, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say like, mom, I, I need some ideas. I need you to help me with this situation. And I think that that has been really helpful. I think being able to say, this is when I will ask for help. And I think that, that my mom has received that really well, because like anytime I come, she's like, okay, that you know, she's ready to, ready to share with me whatever her thoughts and ideas are, you know? But yeah. that's also about respecting the boundary and like, you know, so, and you learn the, we all, like she thinks she's my, the mom or this and that, but we all, we all learn like what we like and what we don't like. And, and then you have to have those hard conversations, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think the communication is just huge and being able to, like you, I love how you said, like coming at it from love, like validating where they are and that I, I know that you really want to help and I appreciate you, right? Like also validating that and not just coming and being like, stop doing this, yeah. <laughs> right? But being able to start from a place of love and appreciation and respect. And then also here's what we are trying to do. Totally. How can, and, and I think it can be helpful to ask questions like, yeah. Like, how can you best support us in this? Is there anything you need from us? You know, like bringing them into that conversation. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's great advice as well. Asking, asking for questions, asking questions is, is it will help make the conversation more like approachable on both ends. Cause you are still like asking like, you know, how can you help me with this? Do you have an idea of how we could approach this together? Things like that, you know? Yeah. I love that. So I have another anecdote for you. Yes. Let's hear it. My two-year-old is throwing a tantrum and I was trying to navigate it my way using the tools that I learned from you, Alyssa, validating her feelings and presenting choices for coping before we solve the problem. An adult family member was annoyed and basically said, you need to stop crying. What should I do here? I'd feel differently with my mom or my dad or somebody that was very close to us, but it's someone that we don't see a lot and we aren't close with. How do I respond? So, um, I feel like we've been in that situation. I'm, I mean, it happened several times. I feel like several times where like someone, whether they're close to our family or not close has said something like that, because you know what, your kids are going to tantrum whenever they want to tantrum, wherever they want to tantrum. And you, you really can't control it. Like, it's just not, it just is what it is, you know? And, um, for me, for both my husband and I, when we've been in those situations, I feel like, I mean, I'm also a, a vocal, like I try and be in as honest as I can in those moments. And I have had to say, um, to be honest, like so-and-so 
um, that doesn't really help the situation. It just makes it worse. You know, as you can see, she's crying harder because you're telling her <laughs> to stop crying. You know what I mean? And, and like, I think sometimes like, and if we want the change to happen, it, it, we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And, um, and that's, that's the exact, you know, um, scenario right there. And, and maybe like what you could do is if it happens one time, if you just want to let it slide, you can, but if it happens again, I would certainly say something, you know, I think that saying something the first time is more ideal just because you set the tone and you say like, you know, because really like, I mean, we've even, um, even our kids with being in preschool, like we've had to talk to our parents about all of us being on the same page where everybody is, the kids are experiencing the same kind of uh, like discipline and like parenting styles all from all of us the same because we're all with them, you know? And um, even though that person may not be there all the time, it's important for everybody to understand what your parenting style is. So that way you're not having to deal with those awkward um, scenarios in the future, you know? And I think that you know, I, I don't think telling a kid to stop crying is ever helpful. I mean, I just, I know that was what we feel. I know I've said it before. Mm -hmm. I know that I've said it several we're times. We're all feeling it. Just, yeah, we're all like, are you kidding me? We all want the kids to stop crying. It's like, you know, like the sound is just gets to a point where you're like, oh my gosh. But like, if we don't, um, I think if we just don't have those honest moments where we're just like, I, I, I mean, again, like we were saying earlier, I know that the sound is really bothering you of her crying. I know that it's frustrating, but telling her to stop, unfortunately, isn't going to help this situation. If you want, maybe you could go outside and go for a walk or, uh, and we can come get you when she's done having her tantrum or, because like you said, that's not going to validate their, their feelings. Like that's not going to help them. It makes mm -hmm. it worse. And they're in a place right now where they are in tantrum mode. Like they just, <laughs> it's not going to help, you know? Right. And so I think even like, giving them permission to remove themselves from the situation is helpful. Like it, it, I, I don't want to hear it either, but I, this, she's my kid. So I need to sit here and help her navigate through this, but you're welcome to step out of the house and take a break, you know, right. and, and we'll, yeah, we'll come to play when we're ready, you know? I love that. And I think it, it is, I like, again, that you brought back the validation piece of like, yeah, no one wants to continue to yeah. hear this. And if you need to take no. space, you go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, even I've had to take my own space, like from them when they're like having a tantrum, because yeah. I like get to a point where like, I need a break, I need to go take a break in the pantry by myself, please don't mm -hmm. bother me because I'm on fumes because I can't handle the sound of the crying. And mm -hmm. I think that it's a normal feeling for all of us. And I think sometimes just stepping away from it kind of like fills you up a little bit. And you know, but I think I totally understand why that would be frustrating and annoying. But there's also a choice that you can make and where you can just leave the situation, you know, rather than yeah. like complain about it. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so one of the questions that I got was sleep specific about a grandparent who is home with kiddos during the day while parents are at work and okay. they are holding this tiny human to sleep all day. And then the parents mm -hmm. at night are having a hard time yeah. and have like brought it up. And grandma's just like, oh, but it's so nice and like wants to soak in that. Yeah. And so they're having this struggle of really not being respected uh, yeah. with what they're asking grandma to do. Um. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? 
If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Yes. I feel like, you know, we had to have that same conversation with, we had to have it with my parents, with anyone who came over because I, I mean, yes, go ahead and have your snuggles, but like they can't be held all day because that's what they're going to want from you. And, um, for this, this specific situation, I mean, I, I hate to put it as like desperate measures, but like if grandma isn't going to respect like what you're asking, then it may not be the best option for childcare. You know, like if, if, because that's just causing more problems for, you know, mom and dad at night, mm-hmm. like they, now mom and dad aren't sleeping because baby just wants to be held and in, in mom and dad's arms. And while that is such a sweet and special moment, it, it doesn't need to be for hours and hours and hours because right. then you know, mom and dad are kind of reaping the repercussions of grandma holding the baby all day. And, um, and sometimes I just think like, um, if you have those conversations and if the boundaries are constantly being crossed, then maybe, maybe you need to look at a different, a different situation or a different, a different way, um, a different way of childcare, or maybe like just like one or two days a week or something like that, less, less time, which I know is like, this is really easy for me to say it out loud. (laughs) I understand that because I can't imagine like that conversation I'm sure would be very, very difficult to have. However, I also think as a parent, you have to make choice for yourself. Like, do you want this to continue or do you want it to change? And, um, you know, and when babies kind of get you into those habits of like, this is just one of them of being snuggled and held all day. That's what they want. They want that because that's what they're used to. That's what they like. And, um, and unfortunately that the habit needs to be broken. So that way mom and dad can actually get some sleep too. (laughs) Yeah, I I dig that. I think it's, it it comes down to like priorities. Like, do you, is it more important for you to change this sleep habit, which might also then mean changing childcare or is it, not that's not viable and if you would rather have your I think that's great yeah it comes down to like knowing like what's the most important thing to you and I think that when you do that I mean even making like that a list you know yeah right like 
okay, what do I prefer? And maybe that will help you think about what, what is it, does it really bother you or do you really want it to change? You know, and I think that's, um, yeah, like I totally think we've had those similar, you know, and it, as they get older, you know, it's, I mean, I remember even a triplet mom who had reached out to me and had said, I don't know what to do. My babies are 11 months old and I rock them to sleep every single night and I pick them up and they start crying and I pick them up out of their crib and rock them and rock them and rock them. Like I, in my opinion, you can't do that anymore because you have three and they all are like wanting your attention and your needs. Like, you know, and we, so we, we knew, especially with going in with triplets that we had to be very conscious of what we were doing and not, you know, as much as I wanted to snuggle my baby, like all day long, I knew that in the long run, it would be um, a struggle for us, you know, and for your mental health at some point, there's when, especially yeah. when you have three, like there's a breaking oh, man, point. I was already like, you know, I've, I mean, for me, I, my mental health has been a struggle off and on, like since their birth right. and my postpartum especially was already like so, yeah. so hard, you know? Yeah. My, um, brother and sister-in-law have twins and they similarly, like their thing was always start as you wish to go on because they, they needed to set those things in place. My brother was going back to work and she was going to be solo feeding all night long and you, they had to have routines and regimens. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I take that. Um, all right. So the last question that we got was, is it different for you navigating this relationship with your parents versus your in-laws? And if so, like how, how, how is it different and how have you done that? Um, gosh, that's kind of a hard question. I would say in some ways, yes. And in some ways, no, I mean, I feel like Ryan and I have been very, um, vocal about our boundaries with the kids, with both of our families, um, and have had to just express ourselves. I mean, um, you know, I feel like we've all have been honest and have expressed ourselves in that way. I mean, uh, for example, like we went to my in-laws house and my mother-in-law was letting my son jump on the coffee table. And I said, we don't get on furniture. Okay. Like at anybody's houses, you know, and, and, and I'm like, I'm really sorry, but we, that's just not something we do in our home. And I, I don't feel like it's respectful to have them jumping on furniture. And she heard me and was very respectful and understanding, you know, and apologized and stuff. Um, but I think, I think that it's important to still be honest and have those conversations. I think the harder part is that, um, we live, we live here, we live with my parents. And so we have a lot of those honest conversations already and they see us parent every day. It's something we all experience. And I know that we have had our fair share of like, just, um, wanting to move and being ready to move and, and all those things. So it's a kind of different, I think that the, I think that we've done well setting boundaries for both my in-laws and my parents. Um, but I also think that it's different because we live with my parents. So like we have to be more intentional about, uh, like family time, having time with just Ryan and I and the three kids, which take, it really does take a lot of intention because this is our home. So if we want to do that, we have to go outside the house, you know? So, um, yeah, so I think that it's when you, when you live with your family, you know, I mean, even one of the things we've had to work with, um, is that my parents, um, have felt almost like they're not as special as, um, Mm. my in-laws because the kids see them every day. So of course they're more excited about seeing Nana and Papa as opposed to grandma and grandpa. And, um, it's just because we live here. It, It doesn't, it doesn't mean they love them any less, you know, it's just because we live there. I'm like, look how excited they get about me. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just, it's just the, it, and that I think is hard. Like things like that, I think are, are hard. 
Um, and I understand, like, I know that, you know, as a grandparent, like you want to be able to have that in those moments. And I'm just like, it's just, this is just the season. Like this is the season we're in and, and, and it's hard sometimes, you know? Yeah, no, I take that. So for anyone out there who is navigating this right now, I think, I think largely my whole mission here is to build a village for folks and to bring experts in the field of early childhood in with parents and teachers and caregivers in the trenches. And, and how do we get back to having a village of support, even if some of it's virtual? Um, and I, but I think that one thing that really can't be replaced is that in-person village that I think has been dissipating for a lot of folks. Yeah. And for folks who are fortunate enough to live near family or to have families willing to participate in this or able to participate in this whole raising the tiny humans thing. Uh, I think it's, it's really huge and important to tap into even, even if approaches might sometimes be different from yours, that right. it's okay to have that balance. Um, so with anyone who is like going into this or might be in it now and might be having some struggles, what are, what's, what's like one takeaway you would give folks to help them navigate kind of the village that's free yes, <laughs> that you're yeah. not paying for? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, I've said it over and over again throughout this entire conversation, but I honestly believe the most important thing is communication and having honest conversations and I, I know that they suck and they are hard and they're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that is the most important thing. If you are going to be take, making the choice, and we knew that going in, we knew when we decided, okay, we're going to be bringing a family of five into my parents' house, <laughs> we knew that the only way it was going to work was going to be honest conversation and being able to communicate well with each other. Yes, we've learned the hard way. Yes, we've like had some really hard arguments, but like, we learn from them and we grow from them. And I think that, um, you know, that is definitely, definitely hands down the one thing I would tell anyone who is in this or going to go into it. Yes, it's great. I think that we, we have been very fortunate to have the help. We've been fortunate to be able to save some money so we can buy a house. I think that those are all great perks, but it's also about finding balance and finding your boundaries and being able to have those conversations. Because if we can't do it, it's only going to lead to more frustration and you won't be happy. You won't be happy. Your spouse won't be happy. Your parents probably won't be happy either. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it has to be like, everyone has to put their part in, you know? Yeah. I absolutely love that. I think that across the board, whether it's with your partner or any village member, communication is huge. It is. I mean, it really, really is. And I think that, that, uh, you know, my husband and I, when we first got married, we were in counseling for the first two years of our marriage. And that time really taught us that how incredibly important communication is. And I think maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe we don't, many of us don't know how to communicate well, I think. And so, um, you have to learn, you have to learn. And once, I don't know, I feel like once we've had those hard conversations, it becomes easier to be able to express it in a loving way. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to do that, I think that for the most part, it is usually received well. Um, and sometimes it's not, but that's okay. Like you're still doing your part, you know, you're doing your part, having that communication and honesty. Yeah. I think that you're right. A lot of us haven't learned how to communicate because I think that it takes vulnerability and courage and 
And vulnerability for a lot of folks is very, very scary because your guard is down and you could get hurt. Somebody could say something that's hurtful to you or has you then feeling shame or guilt or embarrassment or any of those things. And it takes a lot of trust and courage to be vulnerable with somebody. But I think vulnerability begets vulnerability. And so if you can take down your ego and you can be vulnerable and have the conversation, it's easier to navigate together. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I think so too. Awesome. Desiree, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Can you tell folks where they can connect with you or follow along your journey? Yes. Yeah. Um, My blog is theperfectmomblog.com. And on Instagram, I am theperfectmom. So yeah, can you check me out? Come, I try and just be as honest and vulnerable and lay it all out there. Because I think that I know for me, just being honest has allowed me to realize I'm not alone in my own struggles as well, you know. Uh, also, I absolutely love your Instagram name. The oh, thank mom. you. Yes, <laughs> I watched that change happen, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's so great!" Because yes, there's no perfection in parenting. There isn't, and I just like I just wish every mom could see that we are all the perfect mom for our kids, just mm-hmm. the way that we are. We're perfectly imperfect, and we need to just own that and celebrate that instead of thriving to be something that really doesn't exist. You know. So, yeah. so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too, love. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook search seed and sow colon voices of your village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.